0: for your sermon notes, so if everybody can take their Bibles and their sermon notes out, and we want to get ready to receive the Word of the Lord. You see on the front of the bulletin, we're in a series called Life of Faith, and that is to launch us into what God has for us in 2013, that we would live out a life of faith. And and our verse for this is Colossians 3.17. It's actually at the top of the Bible blog in the bulletin, and so it's there for you. And this is our verse. Whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus in independence on His person, giving praise to God the Father through Him. Do everything unto the Lord. That I live all of my life for Him. That's our call. I live all of my life for Him. And as we introduced this theme and this idea last week, we we talked about the doors in our life, whether it be our our door to go into our home or or into our office or or into our school or even our car door, wherever we walk through, whatever door we go through, God has a call on our life. God has anointed us for some reason to walk through that door and that whatever I do when I'm home, at work, at school, my whole life, all my life is lived for Him and for Him. His glory. We're going to talk about what that door represents throughout the weeks to come, and and I'm excited about what God has for us. But today, I am thrilled because I've wanted to do this for for some time, but uh, we haven't been able to the last number of years because he's been on assignment. But for some of you, I'm going to introduce an old friend. For others, I'm going to introduce somebody brand new to you, and that's Pastor Harry Schmidt. Yep. Go ahead. Pastor Harry has been a part of our church forever. He's a pastor. He's an elder here. He's the president of the Bible College, and and he does those with excellence, and and I'm so thankful for him. And uh, for the last number of years, God has placed him on assignment uh, in, in a church that's been through a transition, and actually he's been doing that in several different churches over the last number of years, God has really anointed him for that. And when I'm talking about churches in transition, I'm saying it very politely. These were places that really, really needed a pastor to come in and help. And Pastor Harry has has gone out, and because of his... Uh, his, his work there hasn't been able to be with our church family, and so for some of you, he's brand new, and I just feel bad for him because I've never seen anybody take the ribbing he's been taking the last several months as he walks through the door, as, you know, it's by hey, where have you been, you know, that kind of thing, and, and are you new, you know, that kind of thing, and, and, uh, but uh, he's been on assignment from God, and he has done well. I've known Pastor Harry my entire life. In fact, he knew me before I knew him. I was just a baby. And so Pastor Harry's been a part of my life, my entire life. And I've watched him as I grew up. And and to uh, say that he's a mentor of mine would be a tremendous understatement. I can't tell you how much Pastor Harry has influenced my life over the years. And I've seen him in a wide variety of roles, whether it be In the world of the church, or in the educational world, or even in the business world, and I've watched him in every place, and he is a Colossians 3.17 man, that whatever he does, he does it for the glory of God, and I've never seen, and this is no exaggeration, any person have the favor and the blessing of God on his life wherever he goes. And, it, and it's not just something that God places on him. It's something that he lives out. And so it is an honor and a privilege to have him open the word and share with us this morning. Would you welcome Pastor Harry Schmidt back to our pulpit here at Christian Life. Thanks, Pastor. Thanks, Pastor Harry.
1: Thank you. Wow. Pastor, what a, isn't he a great guy? And, and, and don't we look alike?
0: Yeah, there we go. There we go. Huh?
1: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, what a delight it is to be back home. There's no place like home after the holidays, right? Aren't you glad I'm not singing today, right? Yay! What it is a delight to be here. And wow, thank you so very much. I see so many new faces. And, of course, when you do, when you do miss a couple Sundays and you miss three years of Sundays, you can anticipate uh, Ed Alexi with a bulletin out there and a membership application and saying, well, welcome, and all those great things. So you've been very kind and so forth. And you know what? This has been our home for ever and ever and ever. Our daughter, Jennifer, who's with us today. She, uh, she was raised here, dedicated here. She, in fact, the, the night that we announced that Donna and I were expecting Jennifer, everybody stood up and gave her a standing ovation and it's like yeah but we're the ones that i mean what about anyway so she's always been always a part of us as well uh, pastor darrell uh, i did i did meet pastor darrell a long time ago and i can remember when his mom and dad and his grandfather and all of us were in israel and pastor darrell was just several months old and there was a time when when Pastor Merrill, who is one of the co-guides, he and his father-in-law needed his hands free, because you know Pastor Merrill does talk with his hands, you know that. He's a good he's a good non-Italian. He's just really good. He, somewhere there's something in there like that. But he handed me Pastor Darrell, and I'm holding Pastor Darrell. And I thought, Harry, don't drop this guy. You're dead meat. I mean, there are stones all over Israel, and you're going to get stoned if you. And I was, I was, talk about, talk about that awesome responsibility of carrying Him. A few weeks ago, in my prayer time, I was contemplating the, the journeys of the Lord. Because you see, when you do give your life to God and you allow God to live out His life in your life, it's an amazing the family that He brings you into. And now, as I was thinking a few weeks ago, the Lord reminded me that there was a time when I had the opportunity of holding my pastor. And now, over these last several years, he's been holding me and my wife and my daughter and all of you before the Lord on an ongoing basis in prayer. So I'm really, really, really grateful. I'm grateful that a number of members of our family are here today of course our daughter Jennifer and of course my wife Donna but I have a sister and her companion with us from Iowa Shirley. I have a brother from Kankakee that's here I have a another nephew John over here everybody loves John and and uh, John and his lovely wife Robin and and then Mike and Christina. Um, Christina is my niece, and, and, of course, Mike is married to her. And, and now if John is my nephew and Christina is my niece, it does that make Michael Bell our youth leader? Does that make him my nephew-in-law? I mean, I don't know. I, I, really, I, I really don't know. But So we've got a, a big footprint here. i got to do one thing before we go any farther. Uh, I have a, a, a sister in Iowa. We have a sister now. Her name is Kathy. She's a Down syndrome individual. She's 48. But many, many, many years ago, when she was but just a little girl, she met Pastor Merrill Sr. One time. And to this day, from the time she's been a little girl until now at the age of 48, I cannot have a phone conversation with her. I cannot see her without her saying one thing. How is Pastor Merrill? Is he okay? When you see Pastor Merrill, and this is what she says, give Pastor Merrill a big hug for me. Okay, Pastor Merrill, come here, come here, come on, come on. My sister's here. I want my sister. On behalf of Kathy, oh, Pastor Merrill, oh. That's the way she would do it. She would. She would just hug him, and she she doesn't have an enemy. I tell you. So now, Shirley, would you go home and tell Kathy that? I gave Pastor Merrill a big hug for her. Well, Colossians, Pastor Merrill Jr. brought us into that last week. I certainly enjoyed reading the passage and listening to that message last week. Let's look at it again if we can. It's right in your bulletin, of course. And and Pastor Darrell invited us last week to really make sure that we memorized it. Now, he didn't say and limit you to memorizing it in the Amplified that he read last week or NAS or... King James Version, or New King James Version, or the newly inspired version, I mean the NIV Version, uh, you can memorize it in any version you want. I have the NAS right now. Whatever you do, in word or in deed, do it all, do it all, say that, do it all, say it again, do it all, where, in the name of who? Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. Well, I like kind of what the message says as well. It says something like that. Let the word of Christ, the message of Christ, let the message of Christ have full run in the house. That's what it says. And let him have full run in the house and let every detail in your lives, your words, your actions, whatever be done in the name of the master, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Well, this morning... Pastor Darrell said over the course of the next several weeks, we're going to have an opportunity of talking about uh, the the opportunities of having Christ living in us, in our words and our deeds, and then having an opportunity at whatever door we enter, we have an opportunity in bringing Christ there. Today, I want us to talk about, if we can, some of the concepts of, of taking this message of Christ and the life of Christ, our words and our deeds and everything, Uh, let me just use two words. They're somewhat generic, but really, after God has the run of things in this house, and he has the run of things in my house, he wants us to be able to, as Pastor Darrell said, make sure that we take the word of God and everything that he is to us, we want to be able to take him, if I can, use these two words, out there. We're going to talk a few minutes about uh, taking God in our words, in our deeds, and in everything we do out there. It's it's a broad enough two words that it can apply to anything and every place that you want. Out there means for me for the last three years, I've been trying to fulfill Colossians three seventeen in a very unique environment. And thank you so very much for allowing me to be released from our congregation for the last three years, five years ago. A sister congregation of ours uh, in the Homewood area uh, experienced the loss of their pastor shepherd. And for two years, they just were were directionless, and it was really devastating. The congregation, which at that time had been 700 members, dropped all the way down to a precipitous 150 in attendance. Three years ago, in that five-year time period then, they inquired and asked if I would have an opportunity to be free and i talked with the pastors about that release and and they allowed me to they showed me the door i mean they, they allowed me <laughs> I'm, I'm i mean they okay um i i went out there and what was it was so great there it's a, it's a congregation that's now 101 years old and and it's a congregation that is 95 percent black african-american from all over the world as well as, of course, here in the United States. And so, by God's grace, over the last three years, we, we were able to see that church grow back from 150 to several hundred people. One of the greatest compliments I received was one day, one of the, one of the mothers of the church, you know the mothers of the church, said to me, well, Pastor Harry, uh, you're, you, you, um, you're white. <laughs> and she said your name is Schmidt and she said I I guess that's German so she said Pastor Harry you are our white German Shepherd (laughs) and we're your 500 black sheep isn't that great red and yellow black and white what we are all precious in who the sight of the Lord well that congregation is regrown, and we, there was the Lord just walking through there. What a delightful, you couldn't find a, a more wholesome, welcoming community. And, and many of our members here, you supported that effort as other members of our team did. And now they have a, a vibrant young adult couple who are leading them, and they're doing great. You allowed me to be released out there. On an everyday basis God wants you to recognize that he releases you to be in your out there as well now Colossians chapter 3 if you look back a few verses because Pastor Dale did a masterful job last week walking us through some of the early verses of Colossians 3 well if you would go back to verse 15 verse 16 and verse 17 you'll see that they're progressive and we'll just make a reference to them as we walk through these concepts of, of allowing Christ to live in us in whatever we say and do and think and act, live out there with that. In verse 15, you can read it later, but it, in that verse, Paul the Apostle encourages us to let the peace, now here's the key word, let the peace of God rule in our heart. Wow. The antidote for conflict and the antidote for confusion and guilt and condemnation. And listen, folks, we've all been there, right? We've all all been on the other side of things, haven't we? We've all been in desperate need of God. We've all know what it is to live a life outside of God and, and away from God. What brings that opportunity for us to come into a relationship with God is through the peace of Christ that dwells in our heart. Now, verse 16 encourages us to let the Word of Christ dwell within you. So, the peace of Christ settles your account and my account with the past. He sets us free from darkness and He allows us to have life and joy and purpose in that. Then He wants the Word of Christ to dwell in us. Then, Pastor... Daryl brought us into verse 17, which is our theme for the next several weeks. Now, verse 17 says, if you have His peace, and you have His word, then let His name, His name. If you've got the peace of Christ, and you've got the word of Christ, then He is wanting to put His name on you. Hallelujah. I'm wearing a pair of leather shoes today. I'm proud of it. And there's not one word on these shoes that says genuine leather. You know why? Because they're what? Leather. If you're real, you don't have to have somebody tell you, oh, this is real and not a, well, not a facsimile when you have the peace of Christ in your life and when you've got the word of Christ in your life, then you have on you the authentic name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. How many have the name of Jesus Christ in your life? Would you proudly lift your hands? Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Well, now let's look at verse 17 and, and let's look at just some, th- some concepts that, that have come to my mind as we talk about getting that Word of God in our life and allowing that Word of God in whatever we do to have His way. I want to just remind us that once you and I have the result of peace in our life, that result of peace is having a life of tranquility. The result of having the Word of Christ in our life results in us having lives of activity. He gives us tranquility so that He can produce activity there are no bench warmers in jesus christ you and i have not been called to sit on a bench in a moment of opportunity to being tranquil and feeling that we're at peace and now there's no longer a struggle in our inner being our life is at peace with god and so forth well having the peace of god brings tranquility but when you have the name of god that brings activity He wants you and I to take everything that He is within our lives, He wants you and I to take that wherever our outdoor is. Wherever that might be. On the work site, in the marketplace, in our schools, in our homes, in our relationships, with our families at Christmas, Thanksgiving, whenever it is. He moves you not only from tranquility, He wants you to be people of activity. You see, your life of faith, In my life of faith it's not meant to be there for you and I to enjoy selfish consumption we're not there to be self-consuming believers we live in a society of consumers we live in a society of consumerism we live in a society where everybody wants everything for themselves but in Christ you've not been called for an opportunity for selfish consumption but for community action He wants you and I to take the name of Jesus Christ outside this sanctuary. Hallelujah. Yes, do I enjoy Christ? Absolutely. Yes, do I have his peace? Absolutely. Yes, when I wake up in the morning, other than the fact when I wake up in the morning, I don't like standing in front of the mirror very long because I realize, "Ooh, Harry, you got a lot of work to do. But I also don't stand in front of the mirror and say, Harry, you are one ugly sucker every day when I get up I can tell you this I begin with a pretty good frame of mind about who I am in Christ my wife Donna does the same thing she's at peace with God in her life I am too I know most of you are as well and if you're not today we give you everyone an opportunity of knowing that every day you can wake up regardless of how your hair looks in the morning and sometimes my hair goes whoop like that and I know many of you believe that's impossible Because you think Pastor Merrill Sr. and I were born with cement in our hair. And not one jot or tittle of any member of our hairline ever moves. But it does. It can get pretty ugly looking. But regardless of how I look on the outside, every day I wake up, and you know what, I feel pretty good about myself. Not because of myself, but because of the peace that I live with. And because of the word that lives within me. And because of the name who's upon my life. Yeah, I feel good about myself. I start every day with a pretty good premise. God loves me very much. And in that love, whatever I say and whatever I do and whatever I, the opportunity gives me to out there in my life, I believe that I have received Christ not just to enjoy Him, but not just to be self-consuming, but to be a person who knows the power of community action. What does that mean? Pastor Darrell said it very, very well last week. Let me paraphrase it. He said it something like this. It's every believer showing up every day in every place. I'm going to tell you this. The world is waiting for you and I to wake up every day and come out to where they're at because you and I bring the peace of Christ, the Word of Christ, and the name of Christ, and the world needs Jesus. Amen? He needs Jesus. And He is going to become evermore the one that they're gonna call for when you and I are out there I love our our auditorium here I love our worship experiences I think we've got some of the greatest praise and worship teams I like it and and they all dress differently they they all look differently they play different instruments but there's such a harmonious lifting of our hearts to God I just love the praise and worship in this house don't you I love the atmosphere in this place I love it I love it I love it I love it too bad we can't live here thank God we don't live here I know some of you men snore thank God we don't live here you see we heard the word of the Lord today a word of the Lord came to us in a very modern contemporary vernacular statement it's amazing how God speaks to us in a vernacular very contemporized today differently than he did 3000 years ago He's that kind of a God in a very contemporary extemporaneous way. God gave us a word today, but now listen to this. He did not give us that word, nor do I worship. Neither do I live. We're not to live in a sterile vacuum. Yes, Jesus wants to have the run of the house. He wants to have the run of my house. He wants to have the run of this spiritual house, but he does not give us a revelation that stays in a sterile vacuum. Because a revelation of God that stays in a sterile vacuum never accomplishes anything. You've got to take your private and personal revelation that you've received from God and you've got to take it out there and allow that personal revelation to become a public revelation to where people need it. God wants to give us his life and his words and his message, but not so that we live it inwardly, but that we can live it outside. He grants us the identification of his name so that when he says, you carry my name, you then also carry my authority. Well, my mother turned 88 years of age the other day. My mom, from the Waist up is as sharp as ever. Her legs aren't too good. She can't move, can't move like she used to. And that's in some ways probably good for us because she forgets that I'm 63 and, or will be 63 and, and Shirley's, well, she's just not too far behind me. But, but my mom thinks that we're still 12. And she reminds us that she can tell us what she thinks and and really it's probably to our advantage that she can't run like she used to because she Wow even at 63 she'd probably be after me well the other day I called her like any good son and I wished her happy birthday and I said mom you're you're just beautiful she said how do you know you're talking to me on the telephone I thought now that's my mom she's I want to be that way when I'm 88 Oh, man, I want to be that way when I'm 88. Oh, my goodness, absolutely. And, and, and my mom, several years ago, upon the death of my father, we went to the bank and met with the attorneys, and my mom signed over the power of attorney to me. What that means is that she relegated her name on that paper to be relegated and delegated to my name, which means that anytime I sign my name, It's as if I'm signing her name. Of course, she also told me that she'll let me know when I can do that. (laughs) You see, when you and I have Christ in our heart, and when he lives within us, and we've got that peace and that joy, and we've got that tranquility, and we have his word living in us, we take that revelation, that word of everything that God is to us, and we take it outside every believer, every day, every place, and we take not only His name because He identifies with us. In Colossians 3.17, I'm, I'm putting my name upon you. This young guy has this wonderful name. Yeah, look at him smiling at me. I am funny, aren't I? He is now Israel. He's been designated Israel. He has His Father's name upon him. Well, Jesus places his name upon us. He, I, he gives us the identification, but then he gives us the opportunity that when we do go out there, he gives us his authority. Wow. When you and I go out in life and in the marketplace and everyday society, and whether it's at one of the market stores or whether it's one of the job sites that you're on, You're not only going going out with your name, you're going out with His name. You're not only going out with His name, you're going out there with His authority. Hallelujah. You've got the anointing going with you. Don't leave home, Carl Malden said. Don't leave home without that Little American Express card. You never leave out there without knowing that you've got His name and you never leave home without Him, the Holy Spirit. Wow. Now, it's a scary thing, I have to understand. Recently, within the last several months, not only do, of course, I still work in ministering and speaking in churches, and I'm thrilled to be back here. I'm actually now also helping another congregation in Toledo, Ohio, now that's without a pastor. But because it's a little longer commute, I'm not going there every Sunday. But I will go there once a month, and we'll try to help them out because... 45 years ago, Pastor Merrill was supposed to speak there on a Sunday and he wasn't able to go, so he asked me if I would go. So at the age of 18, I went to Toledo and preached in his name. Somehow they didn't believe I was Merrill, but uh, I preached there and now 45 years later, I'm helping them out. Wow. You see, never ever take for granted the small doors of opportunities that God gives you. Keep yourself available for God. And whenever God gives you a door to enter in, take the moment, seize the opportunity, because the smallest thing you make yourself available for in the name of Jesus today could be the same door that opens up again wider later on in your life. And if you're willing to take him outside of yourself, you never know where those doors might lead you. One of the doors I've walked through in the last several months is now to work in an association that's in transition. It had an iconic leader that, that retired, and, and to be able to help that organization and that association out, they've asked if I would help them, and I'm doing that as well as the work with the school and the work here in our ministry. Well, that particular assignment puts me out into the marketplace I work with hoteliers I work with hotel chains I work all over the place in convention bureaus and I work in areas of government and I've been to Washington DC a couple times and I've added to the mess I mean I've added to that opportunity to be there and anyway I know what I know I know what in a better way all of you encounter every day because you're an everyday believer who in every place carries the name of the Lord. And I've had the great opportunity in the last uh, several months now to work out there on the other side, where people use conversations and they tell stories and they use language that, well, is definitely not spiritual and definitely not motivating. I, I, I encounter people on a weekly basis who are in the sales force and who are there in high levels of pressure and stress and They're under a lot of demand. Wow, I know what that's like. I also know that it's kind of scary sometimes for you and I as believers to leave the spiritual vacuum and the spiritual moment that we have here and go out there. But I want to talk with you for just a moment. I want to talk, if I could, about the opportunity that you and I have about going out there in a culture that's very uninviting. And you see, every day people live in a very uninviting culture, don't they? The culture of our country is so radically different than it was 10 years ago. Think of how radically different it was in 30 or 40 years ago. Think about how radically different it's going to be in the next five or 10 years. And, and the culture changes so very fast. And we, don't, we just don't know, how, how, do we, how do we walk through our culture? There's so few of us, those who are in this auditorium, who know the name of Jesus Christ and walk with his name and walk with his authority, There's there's so few of us, and how how do we do that in a culture that is divided and bitter and rancorous and just downright ugly? Well, one thing that we're not supposed to do, when you and I go out there, God doesn't want us to react to our culture that we're living in. Don't become reactionary. Remain relevant. What do you mean, Pastor Harry? How can I be relevant in a culture that, that, that is just so blatantly bad and dismal and hard and evil and, and it's getting even more increasingly difficult for people to, to be able to walk through? Don't walk through your culture in a reactionary spirit. I encourage you to understand that you are there to be relevant in that culture. And how are you relevant? You're relevant because you have timeless truth that God allows you to put into the cultural context of your workplace. In you is truth. You come here and you get some of the greatest biblical ministry, some of the greatest teaching that you could ever encounter. You have the opportunity of of having men and women, brothers and sisters who will pray with you in this covenant and community of faith that we live in. What you're out to do when you go out into society, you have really one of three opportunities. You can go out there as a believer in society and say, I can't make it, I can't make it. It's too hard for me to be a standalone believer. I'm just gonna give up and float down the cultural stream and embrace everything that the culture embraces and tells me I must embrace. Well, then there's some of you who might feel like, all right, I'll be that struggling Christian I'll be that martyr for the minister and the master. I'll swim up that cultural river and I'll fight like a spiritual salmon. I'll just fight my way up. He doesn't want you to struggle up the cultural stream upstream. Nor does he want you to go and relax on your back and acquiesce and float with cultural demands and cultural nuances. He wants you to be a person that knows by the power of the Holy Spirit that you can actually maneuver Through that river of culture and because you have the truth of Christ in your life you become relevant in that culture because at an appropriate time he the Holy Spirit is going to give you an open door and an open window for you to speak in that word and in that deed and in that action and you're going to insert Christ in a Christless hopeless environment that's not reactionary That's relevant. And I know that you would say, Pastor Harry, but it's so hard to live with biblical convictions in an environment where it is not culturally convenient. Yes, I understand. I understand that the truths of Scripture and the convictions of the Word of God, they're not always culturally convenient to carry. But you and I can do it. You and I can do it. You and I can live in this culture and not give up to the cultural conveniences. Why? Because I carry within my being the mind consciousness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And if Jesus, the Son of the living God, could maneuver through life with all of the different things that the Roman Empire was introducing, as well as the pomposity of the religious system of the day, you and I can live throughout the religious society and the raucous society, and we can be examples of the righteous society because our mind is a mind of Christ in life. Hallelujah. I let this mind in my mind, which was also his mind. And so, yes, I'm out there in society, and yes, I'm in that culture, and I don't react to it. Neither do I have to cave into it. I always allow the consciousness of the mind of Christ to help guide what I choose to allow myself to participate in. Well, I want you to know that when you and I go out into life and to culture, you and I have one major assignment. And that major assignment is just to allow Christ to be in us, the life of glory. A few weeks ago, I was in San Diego. I was there representing this association that I'm under the employ, And as I was in a particular hotel environment in San Diego, I was waiting for a dignitary to arrive. And their plane was late, so I uh, was standing outside under the canopy of this hotel. And any of you that know me, I just, you know, I just like to engage people in conversation. The other day I was in Bob Evans, and I saw an elderly man with pajamas on. And and because it was in Indianapolis, his pajamas had Colts all over it. Anybody heard of that group, the Colts? And, 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 and there was an elderly gentleman out for breakfast, Bob Evans, and his pajamas had coats all over. So I went over to him. I said, oh, I'm just so thrilled that you proudly are wearing those pajamas that, that highlight the Chicago Bears. And he looked at me for a moment, and then he broke out laughing. And he said, I'm from Chicago, and I am a Bear fan, but I'm visiting my son in Indianapolis and he said I had to wear these darn things (laughs) well I just it's so easy for you and I to engage people let let what you are be who you are and that is real Christ was very real he was very real and he lived and walked around all kinds of real people, and he'd much rather be around people who were not the righteous or the people who were not the religious, but the people who he wanted to be able to bring right living into their life. And so there was a couple guys out there parking cars. And, and nobody, you know, you, you, you typically you give them your car tag, and they go get your car, and they go running around. Nobody talks to these people. And so I thought, I'm going to go out and just talk to them. I'm waiting for this dignitary. I'm out just talking to him and and then I I got a little deeper in the conversation and found out the one person's wife was in the hospital so I went over to him a little bit further and I took him by the elbow and I said well I'm going to just what's your name what's your wife's name all right I said I'm going I'm gonna really lift her up before God that's all I said throughout this week and all of a sudden an employee an administrator a real big upper level kind of guy come walking by outside in a suit and he walked right by and all of a sudden he stopped and he turned and he said Harry Schmidt I go oh, oh, oh this is scary <laughs> he, he's he's playing close security people I can tell that's yeah I'm going to be shown the door again happens at church and now it happens at the hotel I'm always being shown the door Harry Schmidt, he came over and shook my hand. Then he hugged me. <laughs> and he said, do you remember me? I go, mm-hmm. I said, no, I don't. He said, 12 years ago, I met you for the first time. And I was working at a hotel. And he said, I was discouraged. And he said, at that moment, you brought a word of encouragement and a word of hope in my life. He said, I've never forgotten that moment. He said, everybody in the system knows Harry Schmidt. I go, oh, 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 I'm in the system now. You see, when you and I live, as Pastor says, the Colossians 317 life, our assignment is not to show light on other people's sins, They know they need help. They know they need God. They know they need life. They're looking for something. My assignment in life is not to shine light on somebody else's sins, but to shine hope in somebody else's heart. That's what you and I do. So then let every word and every deed and everything that you and I do, let it all be done in the name of the Lord, because He's actually doing it in you and through you. And the reason you're able to do it is that He gives you that authority and that power. How many have a high, How many have a cell phone here? Take it out, please. Take it out. Take it out. Take, it out. take your cell phone out. Take it out. Take it out. We're, we're gonna do a little vote in the in the moment that we have left before we close take it out take it out take it out oh my goodness take it out check to see who's been tweeting you it was probably pastor darrell <laughs> <laughs> all right how many have how many have cell phones that are that are branded under the name of Verizon how many Verizon people raise your cell phone come on don't be scared hold them up proud how many are what are you what are you honey what are you a uh, Oh, T-Mobile, yeah. How many T-Mobile people are you? All right. How many AT&T people? Yeah! Well, I don't know about you, but I have the new iPhone 5. I have shoes with real leather on. I have an iPhone 5. Some of you have uh, computers that have little apples on them. Some of you have particular kinds of cars that have certain brands. Some of you have cars out there that were part of that group that had to recall hundreds of thousands. I won't mention the name. The other day I flew on a plane of a company that now is in the news whose stock dropped because their brand name dropped because of one of their new planes having problems. Names are standards of quality, integrity, and honesty. I tend and you tend to make your purchases by the names of the products because their names have a standard of excellence. Our standard of excellence his name is what Jesus say that name again Jesus pastor Merrill asked you to say it loud enough so your own ears could hear it say his name again so you can hear him Jesus he is our standard of perfection listen if you are a follower of Christ if you allow His peace, His Word, and His name to become your name, listen. Jesus never had to recall a single spoken word. Jesus never had to retrace one mistaken step. Jesus Never had to rescind a single ill advised act. Jesus, His name stands for excellence, quality, perfection. He is our standard of action, He is our standard for the life of faith. So nothing exempts us. I'm sorry. Nothing exempts Harry Schmidt. Nothing exempts your pastors. Nothing exempts you men as husbands. Nothing nothing exempts you ladies. Nothing exempts us from that same standard of life or activity. Because if you bear the name of Jesus, you bear the name of perfection. The highest name of excellence. And so, there's never an act or a word that's too small or ordinary. There's never anything that you do that's insignificant or lacks value. Everything that you do and any person you speak to and every activity of your life, none of that is to be treated indifferently. The greatest use of your life today is not for the things that you enjoy in your life today, but for the things that are going to outlast your life today would you join me in standing all over the auditorium as i just share one other little thought with you in a moment and i'm sure somebody will come to the keyboard we've got one two well we've got lots of them somebody will come to the keyboard and No doubt you've thought you've been listening to Billy Graham. (laughs) So please, somebody come and play just as I am, without one play. No, not really. You've been listening to a kid from Iowa. A kid from Iowa. You should have seen my hair when I was a kid from Iowa. Uh, I, of course, I have one of those things that uh, make your hair stand up. I don't know what it's called Uh, a colic thank you yes and so that's why i tape it down and and. but we never went to a barber when i was a kid i enjoy going to a barber today i pay that 75 dollars to spend five minutes no not that at all a few bucks but i like somebody cutting my hair so that when it's done it doesn't look like i'm one of the three stooges because my mom created the idea of putting the bowl on the head and cutting, cutting around it. When she would cut our hair, Chuck was the same. You could see steps in our head and little creatures could walk up our head because there were what they called steps. I'm saying that to say I'm just an ordinary kid from Iowa who at the very young age of 12 allowed the peace of Christ the Word of Christ and the name of Christ to come into my life. Every day I'm still trying to improve my life. Every day I'm still trying to walk through things. My wife, who is my greatest companion, can tell me that I'm not very heavenly all the time yet. So I have my challenges and I have my imperfections. But I want to know, and I want you to know, that every time I step in the out there of my life, I really try conscientiously to walk in listening to the consciousness of Christ. What is he saying? What is he thinking? Now, So so I guess the question I I have to ask myself more than ever before, Pastor Darrell read it, now whatever you do in word and deed, do it all for the name of Christ. What? Giving thanks unto God. So you know what my barometer is? My barometer is, Lord, in what I say every day, in some of the things that I do every day, does it bring thanks to you? Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. There in the bowels of one of the deepest caves of Kentucky called the Mammoth Cave. Anybody ever heard of the Mammoth Cave? deep in the bowels of the mammoth cave, there's all kinds of rock structures, all kinds of stalactites and stalagmites. And when you go into the deepest part where it's somewhat the darkest, they have a, a, a a stone formation that's called the preacher's rock. The preacher's rock. And when you get down there, you're allowed to touch the preacher's rock, this formation. It looks, looks like, the, it looks like a, a pulpit. It looks like a, an actual pulpit in a church. It's called the pulpit rock. And on the pulpit, in the front of the pulpit rock, there's a sign with a sermon on it. A five-word sermon. And that five-word sermon is, Stay close to your God. Things do get dark. Things sometimes, it seems like the, we get swallowed up with the activities of life. When we get swallowed up with life itself. And it seems like things get pretty dark lots of times. What we often fail to remember is that there's somebody with us called our guide. His name is Jesus. And He is the one by the Holy Spirit that guides us. So the admonition to you, wherever you go, and whatever you say in word and deed, stay close to your guide and now real quickly very quietly but real quickly if you'll make that covenant with Pastor Darrell and myself and all the other members of our leadership team if you're willing to say before the Lord my family my life my, my entire I'm going to covenant this year to stay close to the guide step out from where you're at right now and just let's, as a congregation let's make a covenant right away and say Lord I Will stand close to the guide. Come on, let's come all over. Let's let's just make this a covenant. Say, God, I am going to stay close to the guide. Close to the guide. Now, in a moment, Pastor Daryl is going to conclude our time in prayer, and he's going to lead us in our moment of conclusion. But we're just going to stand here quietly. And say, Lord, I don't know about everything out there, but I know that wherever I go out there, it's going to be okay because I'm hanging close to you. (laughs) What's his name? Say it. Jesus. Stay close to your guide. Come, Pastor Darrell, if you would. In the name of the Lord, we are going to stand close to the guide.
0: Lord, in a prophetic move, from our seat to your altar, we have made this commitment to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. Just not to hear a message about going out there and living for your glory and your name. But God, we're going to do that. We're going to live it out. And so God, I pray that... uh, there would be a fresh anointing on our lives, a fresh touch on our lives. Lord, that that God, you would be at work inside of us. And Lord, we would be, I don't know, just reminded by the Holy Spirit to stay close. That whenever we begin to move in one direction or another, that we're not, that we would feel that that gentle nudge or whisper of the Holy Spirit. And that we would ask ourselves (laughs) all the time, in what I am doing right now, how is that? Can that be related to the name of Jesus? Can what I am and what I'm doing be associated with the name of Jesus? Help us, Holy Spirit. This week, This month, this year, to be connected to you, our guide. And God, living out, out there, what we've heard in here. and God, we make that commitment today. We make that commitment all over this place. We make that commitment to live for you, for your name, for your glory, and thanksgiving to you. And God, I thank you that as we go out there, we are not alone, but that you are with us every step of the way. You said you would never leave, you would never forsake. Until the end of the age, you will be with us. And God, I thank you that we don't go out there alone, but God, we go out hand in hand with you. And we may, may we just stay close to you this week, draw near to you, open those doors and those windows of opportunity, to speak your name, to bring the love, the grace, the encouragement, the hope, the joy, the life abundant, God, that you can give to a lost and dying world. We love you today, God. We receive your word. We ask for the anointing to go do your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, it's interesting, uh, The last night and this morning, how many notes I was taking as, as Pastor Harry was preaching and just adding more today. And I don't know about you, but I was just thinking to myself, it's, it's good to have Pastor Harry back with us here. It's just good. It feels good. It feels right. It's family. And so thank you, Pastor Harry, for opening the word. And, and I thought, it's great to have a good sermon and such good notes, but then you know what I thought? I thought, what if we actually went and lived this sermon out? I thought as I was reading over those what if I actually go out and live what I just wrote down? And I don't know about you, but that is going to be my call this week, this month, this year. And I know that's your call as well. And so as you go to live it out, I'm just going to pray a blessing over your life. And and uh, this is for all of us that name the name of Christ. And, and this is kind of fun because we don't n- normally do the blessing this closely together. Um, it's kind of scary, uh, but... Uh, but um, we're going to pray a blessing. And, and, we, and we blessed a, a, a young child today, baby Israel. We know that, that, that God's blessing is upon this family. But I'd like for us kind of all to have hands laid on us if we can. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is just to stretch out your hand and grab the hand of the person closest to you. And this is a blessing on the family of God. And there's a blessing on your life today. And so receive the blessing of the Lord that has been upon God's people from, from the very beginning. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May He smile on you and be gracious to you. May He show you His favor and grant you His peace. God, I thank You for that blessing that rests upon each one of us. And our brothers and sisters in Christ, us as a family. God, You have blessed us today. God, Your presence has been here with us today. And now we believe that Your presence is with us as we go. Lord, we're going to break hands in just a moment, and it'll be a while before we gather together again to worship you, but as we break hands with our brothers and sisters, we don't break with you, Jesus. We're going with you this week, and I just thank you that your favor, your grace, your peace, your blessing is upon us as we go. Smile every time you look at us, Lord, and we'll smile back. Lord, keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, good day in the house of the Lord, huh? As you go, greet one another. And I can't wait to see everybody Wednesday night. We'll be here for prayer, children's ministry, everything. God bless you. Fellowship with one another.